earth is a gallery we are the works of art all in the same family beating with one heart pride tears us apart be wise and let's connect when lost becomes found yeah this is the bridge praise god grace and peace from god the father and the lord jesus christ as you know this is prophet link here with the homie lost and found and we have a very special guest with us today here on the missing link podcast mr mike paramore jr man i'm glad i'm glad you uh i'm glad you introed it like that man i i would have forgot this was about jesus who knows what i would <laughs> Hey, it's a no judgment zone. That's just that's my everyday greeting. Like folks, I, I had somebody. That is true. That is that, yeah. That's just that's my regular. That's my normal. Like I had somebody actually be like, "Yo, why you gotta be like so sanctified every that's time true, you man. greet me?" Like, yo, it's like grace and peace <laughs> from God. Like you do a whole salutation straight from the Bible. I said, "Yo, that's that's legit." Like how I greet everybody. Like <laughs> every if you go to my posts, if you go to my social media, that's how I greet everybody <laughs> all the time. It's funny. It's funny because I be having to be careful because I started. Uh, I started in church, so I, I, you know, I still do churches to this day. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like as a comedian, you got to be able to, you know, you cross a couple other spectrums. You know what I mean to be successful. I used to be. I used to be called. Uh, a Christian comedian Mike Paramore was my title uh-huh. and I had to drop that immediately because like the mainstream would see me and be like Christian comedian like mm, no we good I saw I saw one Christian show and the the, the, the the deacon brought his nephew and he was terrible and so they all so they all they all think yeah. that Christian comedy is the deacon's nephew just up there telling you know it's gonna be uh, like Thanksgiving jokes yeah, like, exactly like like biblical dad jokes basically all the time <laughs> right. which let me yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead so now i'm in the club now i'm in the clubs and the mainstream and stuff like that so i sometimes i'll let myself go a little bit i'm still not naturally i'm not a dirty comedian naturally i'm not that kind of guy but if the crowd takes it there i'll rock with it you know what i mean so sometimes <laughs> i gotta reel myself in and be like okay where am i on this one <laughs> well hey so, we, so I'm, i want to ask man is there like um because i don't know if you listen to like christian hip-hop um, and there's this this ongoing battle where folks who say uh, I'm a, either a, a hip hop artist who's Christian or a, a Christian hip hop artist. Is there in that that same thing in the comedy realm where someone's like I'm a Christian comedian, that's it, and it could be done all the way? Or is there also you know that battle where somebody might come to you and be like, Yo, you just need to be a, a Christian comedian? Well, I think I think comedians don't try to put themselves in that box but consumers try to put you in that box because mm. they want to get some type of inkling of what they're getting beforehand mm. so you got people uh who have to designate what they're about to do like me or you have the people that just naturally will do is is one way so they're naturally christian so they they don't have to worry about veering from what people may have seen for example i the, the, the biggest thing I did, the most successful thing I've done is a dry bar comedy special. And I don't know if you've ever heard of dry right. bar comedy, but dry bar comedy is a clean comedy network. It's a whole bunch of comedians and they're required to do clean specials. And it's so funny because <laughs> they used to do hour specials. Now they do 25 minute specials because they realize not everybody can be clean for so a whole hour. hour. So I recorded mine. I recorded mine back when it was an hour. I just recorded a second one, which was twenty-five. But okay. um, people who are hiring more so than comedians want to know what they're getting into, so they'll draw those lines before a comic draws those lines because we're of the mindset that's funny is funny. You know what I'm saying? I can make you, I can make you laugh talking about you know a, a ski bobo on the streets, or I can make you laugh talking about my niece and nephew. You know what I'm saying? It just right. just depends on which joke I'm talking about at the time. Right, 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 and I think I and right. I, I totally get it, which is why uh, on this podcast, our objective, our goal is to connect creators with fans. Right? We didn't. We, we're not like expi- explicitly uh, seeking uh, those that are like openly a Christian. Whatever you add to it, right? And I, I, I this is my personal opinion. Is is um, kind of the form and fashion of you there's it's kind of already been proven you cannot 
influence or impact a whole culture that has been established. The only thing as believers is that we're supposed to be creating culture and having people buy into what we do. And it doesn't have to be explicitly Jesus. Like, I don't want to listen to Jesus, 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 Jesus. I don't want to listen to that like all day, every day. Um, As long as the worldview is there, I get it. I understand it. So I I, I don't believe you at all. I don't don't believe you at all. With that intro, right? I think you have, I think you have Jesus bed sheets and everything. Well, I don't got that. I don't got that one Christian apparel on me right now. I was gonna say your undershirt. I feel feel like you are, you are authentic. You sleep in a bed of hate for no reason. so my, <laughs> oh man like i got frankincense and myrrh just like burning in the crib just around wow. right. so just so, there's three so, old dudes hovering over so mr mike barrymore if you were to introduce yourself just normal like who are you what is it that you do specifically and what is it that you will want your audience base and people that don't know you to know like what would be the most prominent you know what, man? I be so terrible at that. People hosting stuff when I headline comedy because always ask me what you want me to say about you. I'm just like, just just let them know I'm coming, man. I'm 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 coming. Man. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I I, I I did Fox. I'm on XM and all that good stuff. Comp- won all these competitions and hey. things like that. But honestly, man, my main focus is is giving people a break from real life, man. Come come mm-hmm. come chill with me. Come sit with me and let's and let's laugh. Let's 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 forget about all the other stuff we got to do today. Right, right. So how how did the, how how were you able to do that this past year? You know, I mean, with the pandemic and everything. I started a show called uh, "Let's Be Honest" with Mike Paramore. Uh, uh, Drybar was kind enough to let me uh, let me do a show, weekly mm. show. I study psychology uh, mm. in, in college, so uh, with a with a major towards uh, uh, interpersonal relationships. So I do a lot about dating and all that type of stuff, and relationships and maintaining them and creating them. And that good stuff and uh and so the show is kind of a, a serious topics with funny people type of vibe <laughs> so it's kind of like this show where we just we come on I, I i give them a topic and we just chop it up about that topic and we just we crack jokes and, blah, and we try to help people i give people a little bit of science on the side i try to sneak in a little bit of science while we being goofy mm-hmm. or we and it, it may get to points where this if it's dumb interesting you know, people be asking questions and the, and the comments be going up and whatever. And then we'll try to fit something funny into the science because everybody be asking me like, OK, Mike, so how do I change who I am as a person? It's like, <laughs> like well, that, well, I guess we got to concentrate on that one. Thing. That's funny. Oh, man, I can imagine how the con- comment section be going off. That'd be content within itself almost oh, all the gosh, time. <laughs> you don't even got to have a plan. Oh, if you got a popping comment people. section, you could just go off. So. Talk about straddling the fence on that because people be commenting and asking questions super reckless, not realizing this is a dry bar comedy thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they're they like they're asking me super inappropriate questions. It's like so like when the lights go out, which way do I turn? I'm like, hey man, listen, I gotta you gotta hit me up in the DMs for that answer. Like, yo, what do you what do you do? I, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with um Oh gosh, what's this guy's name? Kevin on stage. Are you familiar with Kevin on stage at all? He he mm. had. He, I am. He, he, Come on, bro. He, he's super famous. Come on. He was to, he was talking about like if your lady and I think this came from the audience and it was a question. It was like you know what do you do if your lady's stuff stink and you like to like go down there like what? Are you want to go down there? <laughs> like, yeah, wow. you, didn't, didn't, you wasn't expecting to go this way. I mean, hey. I'm married. I'm married. Okay, I'm married. Um, anyway, but that was the question. I'm just Yo, thinking about the tur- radio. It That's turned it. into some crazy, like it, 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 it was like a, a three part dialogue that happened after that. Then he started doing some v- vagina monologues and some other stuff. How, what has been the craziest experience? I guess you've gotten from a comment section or from an audience. Oh, this is it's. I mean, man, we'd be all day me asking that, man. It, it, it's been some, it's been some super, super reckless comments. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, just off based off my appearance and just, you know what I mean. You got like try to use your terminology. Like it, the running joke is me having lips fit for going oh, down. Oh, like you oh man, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, see, they be, yeah, they be in, they be, they, I be like, listen, y'all, y'all charging me fire. Like, this is Dry Bar Comedy <laughs> Network, family. You like, cannot. Chill, clean content only. <laughs> they gotta let that go. That's oh a my god, they be going nuts, man. They be going nuts, man. Especially if I, because we'll have something there. I mean, I talk about sex when I talk about dating and relationships and stuff like that. But talk about eggshells and minefields, bro. Because hey, <laughs> people be wanting to know raw stuff. And I do I do this uh, on my Instagram um, where I'll go live mm. and answer the raw stuff. But mm. y'all be asking yeah. too raw right now. <laughs> you ever get a call from, from Dry Bar? Like, yo, Mike, tone it down. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Every single <laughs> shot. <laughs> I'm very surprised they still let me do this show. It's 100% outlandish that they still have me doing this show. It's, it's no way. They When I tell you their censors, they don't even, they, they have to tag in extra censors for my show. I don't know why they let me do that show. It's so dumb. Well, hey, ratings, ratings is ratings. So how, how did you get into the when, I, I guess, what was the pivotal moment that you decided, I want to be full-time in comedy, if you are in full-time, I don't want to assume, um, but I uh, or are you multivocational and this is like a major focus what what, what was the deciding point that this is the the lane you wanted to run in well uh you don't you don't dictate to comedy comedy dictates to you until comedy lets you know what your position is what's your worth and can you quit your job or not <laughs> uh <laughs> for fortunately comedy let me quit my job about five or six years ago i've been all right comedy since then and uh, and uh, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a center of attention type of dude naturally. So comedy isn't something I thought I'd be doing. You know what I mean? It's not really something I never thought. If you told anybody I grew up with that I stand in front of people and talk, they were like, "We can't be talking about the same thing." Nah, not mine. <laughs> so I'm just kind of I have that feeling of just kind of along for the ride. You know what I mean? Like I feel like once you once you're doing something that you love whether you whether you you know dedicate yourself to it or stumbled across it once that becomes something you're doing for a living you're just kind of head down grind and enjoying the ride at that point because you because you're i mean you have goals but what worries do you have once you're getting paid to do what you love you know what i'm saying what worries Mm. do you Mm. have yeah yeah so it's kind of fun so how how do you get over that stage fright man because I'm looking at the dry bar comedy special and I'm like, I don't, I don't see nothing there that I would say he's an introvert um, or something. I forget what they call Oh, they call it a long island. Iced tea. <laughs> it's called a long I island like those. Iced tea. I like those. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm still, I'm, I'm terribly, terribly afraid every time before I go. On really? It, it, it hasn't gone anywhere. I am not a center of attention type person. It's very weird. I can't even. I don't even take my first breath until I get my second laugh. Then I'll be like, okay, let me. All right, they might not <laughs> set me on fire, so I'm gonna chill right now. But uh, it's that instant gratification that scares you, man. That 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 right. It, it scares you, but also liberates you, and it's the thing that's addictive. Because I create something, I share it with you, and right on the spot, mm. you tell me how you feel about it through your laughter, through your body, through your enjoyment, through your spirit, through your energy. You tell me how you feel about it immediately. And that is scary, liberating, and motivating <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I feel you as a DJ. I'm like, it's the same thing. If you're at a party, you play the wrong song, it's a rap. You just, <laughs> you just ruined it for 200 people. Like, <laughs> your name is in the trash. I feel you. I feel you. That. This is coming from a very yeah, introverted person. If you can't tell who the extrovert and who the introvert is in this right. duo, um, well, I, I'm very the conversation yeah, styles. I mean, give it away, I'm very man. like social butterfly. Yeah. Uh, but but I I get the perspective, like especially like public speaking and just doing any type of speaking engagement. It could be something, uh, it could be in front of people that I'm completely familiar with, but it's still that aspect that I am giving you a part of myself live and direct. And there's like, there's no recanting it. You can't unsend the message. You can't, right? Like, and it's just that real time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I created this. I, I created this. This is my baby, and I am sharing my baby with you. You know what I mean? And hopefully, you enjoy my baby. Ugly baby. You know, ugly baby that got their picture posted. 
got that got that picture oh, posted too early on social man. media. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it happens all the time. I don't know why girls do that. That baby is clearly not ready yet. You need to put oh. that baby back in for 15 more minutes. That baby is not ready. <laughs> Yo, that... Yo, folks, folks be folks be trying to be naive. Some babies ain't cute. All right, you got to be real about it. Of course, all my kids are absolutely cute. But if I had an ugly baby, if if I had an ugly baby, I'd have to keep it a buck. Like, Lord, I don't know. I don't know why people don't realize that their babies be baby Schmeagol. You know what I mean? Like, why you? You know that baby looks like it pay mortgage. Why you? That baby looks stressed out. That baby look like got a mortgage oh, payment. Why don't you put that like baby Benjamin back? Benjamin Buttons really exists. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike, what would you back. say is like out. your because you, uh, you just shared uh, what platform is that on? By the way, you said um, it, you said you're on XM. You're um, uh, XM. It, right. My the uh, my first the album is on XM. Um, the podcast is on everywhere, uh, and the dry bar show that I do on Tuesdays, uh, we, we just finished season three. We haven't oh, started snap. season four, so we're in between seasons right now, but it, it, uh, it's on Facebook TV or dry bar comedies. Oh, so it's a Facebook. They page. advertising be on point, bro. That joint be popping up. Yeah. Dry bar be popping up. Yeah, they, up. they, they, they post they, um, little clips and specials. They, they got their own little person that do just do. Uh, uh, social media, like that's her only job. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, they 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 much Man. bigger than people. So think. what what are your main platforms that you utilize to kind of get out there and touch base with your audience? That you would say because you got people now that are kind of uh, they might have one strong platform and then they kind of um, they 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 scale their content right, right and yeah, then you got people that are exploring and they're just kind of like trying to build up multiple platforms so what would you say is your strongest platform or what you know kind of what is your strategy to get out there to your audience base aside from these kind of syndication setups you got going on uh man the thing that the thing that i do the most is yell out my living room window i I, i'm not good I'm not good. That's my weakness, bro. My weakness is marketing, mm. selling myself social media. That's my weakness. I can, you put me on stage and I will put together one hell of a show. But all the behind the scenes stuff, which is coincidentally mm. the most important stuff, that's the stuff I'm not good at. So I'm still struggling on my social medias and stuff like that. I'm uh, the When the world shut down, mm. it really wasn't a big deal because I was working. I've been working, God has blessed me exponentially. And from uh, probably 2015, 2016, I've been working steadily. Mm. So I never, uh, and I would pop up on social media, promote a show, get a random picture of a dog doing something they ain't supposed to be doing or something like that. Uh, but I never put any effort into it. It wasn't until the world started ending that I started trying to do more social media reaching out and then that show then my show came about and stuff like that so now i just recently i got on i just got on tiktok like three days ago <laughs> and it was against my will i really didn't that's happening but uh that's happening a lot of these i'm still trying to i'm still i'm still trying to uh right exactly so i'm still trying to get a a, a dope avenue to reach out i'm i'm a instagram is my preferred uh TikTok numbers went up kind of quick. I think I'm on hey. like three or four thousand in like two days or whatever. But um, um, but yeah, I'm still trying. I'm trying. So if y'all listening out there, follow me on Instagram and and TikTok and all that, and spread the word, share the videos and all that. Yeah, TikTok is the platform, bro. Especially for what you're doing. If you're doing comedy, not even I wouldn't say taking the like clips from your stand up, but just sitting in front of a mic in front of a camera. And, and telling jokes, bro, uh, you you gonna oh, get yeah. you know followers real quick. My first two days, I think wow, I got yeah, fifty man, followers, tough, if that. Bro. You know, yeah, it's tough, bro. It's tough because I'm not like I said, I'm not a center of attention type of person. People don't understand how much of a talent mm. social media is. Right. It's its own talent. You can get famous from that talent and and not be good at comedy. There's so most of these internet dudes. It's like a handful of internet dudes. That are good at making these videos and funny on stage because you got to you got to pick one. Either I'm working out on my craft 
or I'm editing mm. videos. You're not doing both. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can tell when a dude start working because his videos <laughs> stop, start laxing. You know what I'm saying? So like, you can't do both. So it's it's and you can see it when you go go see one go see your favorite internet dude live. Just and be and be patient <laughs> with him because that's not his bag. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you though. I was gonna I was gonna ask you about if you had an issue. With social media comedians, like you know, if they if they're stepping into the I space, have an, I don't have an issue with them because I respect anybody who does something I cannot do. I have an issue with comedy clubs giving them the spots that should go to somebody who can light your stage on fire versus just sell tickets. Right. But that's the industry at large. Right. The industry of comedy lets you know how mm. little being funny has to do with comedy. You're, you're much better off creating a following and, and doing videos. Like, so I'm not going to hate them for figuring out the code. I let them rock, let them live, let their kids eat. I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'll probably more, I'll probably be more upset with the industry of comedy more so than what, than them. Cause comedy makes it, comedy makes it so funny. It's like fifth on the list <laughs> of what you need to be wow. to make it. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I- that that was a good that's a good segue. So talk about that a little bit. What is it like being a person of color in the comedy industry? Is there do you see that dichotomy? Does it matter that you're a person of color? Um it, is it like a proximity thing where you're located? Well, to be honest, to be honest, it's my experience that being uh, a diverse um, mm. option is actually beneficial. Mm. Um, most of comedy is proximity, who you know. Right. But there will be people out in the streets looking like, hey, I need a bearded <laughs> black dude. I'm tired of these white dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, if you're an unknown, if you're an unknown white male right now, it's going to be rough for you. It's going to be rough for you because it's a million of them. You know what I mean? It's a million of them. But if I can be in the right place at the right time, I can be the black dude. <laughs> we need to diversify the, the roster. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I feel like a lot of people got, I feel like a lot of people that made it because they were the ethnic mm. person standing right there where they needed to stand at the time. 100%. Mm. That's the comedy industry is, is very slutty. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> in terms of, in terms of what matters, you know what I'm saying? And how, how diluted the funny can be. But here's the catch-22 about fame, though. Here's the catch-22 about exposure. No matter how unfunny somebody might be and, like, genuinely not good at stand-up, there's enough people on this planet, on these, on this earth and on these waves that you're going to make your money. You're going to make your following. Like, if I can get in front of... If I can get in front of, you know, 2 million people, I only need 10% of those to make a career for myself. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If I can be I can be on Instagram. If I got 200,000 followers, I can take that to clubs. I may not be rich, but I can work full time as a comedian with 200,000 followers. Right. So if I can get on TV, if I can get on one episode of America's Got Talent, that's going to be enough to make my career because I'm good at that. I got enough people that saw me and it's going to dwindle down to those faithful whatever. If I get... If I can get 300 million on, on whoever watches America's Got Talent, if I can get 10% of those to come over to see me on Instagram or whatever the case, I'm good. And and that's why you got people who are famous who you know, dress up in <laughs> dragon costumes and pet their dog for a living. Right. Like, that's because they got in front of them and all of the dragon dog people was like, oh, that's my guy. The fuzzies they, came out. And they've been following them ever since. You know what I'm saying? The fuzzies came out. There's a whole clan of them folks. <laughs> yeah, nah, I mean, and I just keep from, I just keep from, to me, man, I think I'm the best dude for the job only because that type of stuff don't bother me. I'm so grateful. I don't really, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be up under somebody's car being a mechanic. I'm not supposed to be traveling this world. Not not the country, the world. I've seen, I've seen crazy places from just telling jokes. And it just seems silly to lose sight of that because somebody else is bigger. Or somebody else got more followers. Or somebody else is getting the opportunities, man. I'm I ain't had to clock in in six years, so mm. I could not possibly be more thankful to comedy, even though the industry is kind of weird or 
more thankful for the opportunity and 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 if somebody is doing internet videos and able to make their living god bless you comedy created that environment for you to do that so why am i be mad at you i ain't got no i ain't got no hatred for them guys right have you have you been affected by i would say like the pc culture have any have you have to tailor your jokes now because of that oh <laughs> man listen i get canceled every other week bro i'm i i'm <laughs> I am a victim of cancel culture <laughs> Sheesh. because I'm very honest. I'm very honest. I'm very, I'm very upfront and honest. I did an interview, uh, I think, uh, what was that? Four or five days ago last week. And, um, the girl said she you know, wanted to interview me and get my opinions on some current events and, and relationship stuff. Cause that's what I'm kind of known for. Relationship you sure? No. I'm like, listen, I'm like, this is what I tell every person I interview. Like, that's actually what he said. Are you sure? <laughs> like, like I am going to be honest with you. Please don't ask me nothing. You don't want to know the answer to. I don't know how to be fake. It's going to be real, real. And I need you to understand that. Right. Or don't, don't bring me on here. I'm telling you. And they like, I've never had somebody argue against me. I'm not saying not to like, get me on your show, but just be That's prepared. When you ask me, I'm answer. <laughs> right. And when you ask me, I'm answer. I might give you, you know a Kevin is? Samuels answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so funny because she asked me a question. The guy like, they got like maybe, maybe four minutes into this interview before she asked me something. She was like, um, Oh, we were talking about uh, perception of visuals, kind of like what y'all asked me about being black in the business and, and or whatnot, and what people see uh, when they, uh, what people see when they when they look at you. And she asked me what I saw when I looked at her. I was like, I I see a person who used to have addicted addiction to twerking, and every time you, uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like your friends catch you looking back at it all the time, and you be trying to fight it. <laughs> And she and she, her her jaw just dropped. I'm like, listen, don't ask me, man. Listen, don't ask me. Yo. Don't ask me no questions. Yo. Yeah. You gotta stick to the stick to the questions on the paper. Stick to the questions on the paper. Because she did. She looked like a recovering twerkaholic. She, that's the, that's the look she had in her eyes. Like, like I'm gonna look back at it soon as soon as I I've been trying. Oh, soon, as I, <laughs> soon as I want to look back at it so bad. <laughs> She had that look in her eye. Don't ask me nothing. Oh, God. He said, as soon as she was getting ready to get up from that chair, she's going to be like, (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Exactly. He looked like a recovery. So her jaw dropped. Did she say anything? Like. (laughs) Bro, she was her jaw dropping. She went to commercial. Play, we need to play some music real quick. Oh my god, I can't imagine that. I, I can't imagine what. Oh man, I'm, I'm sure you have stories for days. What What would be the biggest lesson you learned, maybe uh, either yourself or observing somebody else on the stage, um, that either went before or after you? What, what What's one of the most maybe prominent crazy stories you could think of offhand? Well, I'm a very much of a a people watcher, hey. a uh, an audible visual learner. So I, I very much am a fan of comedy. I watch comedy. So <laughs> I mean, I there's a there's a million things I got uh, from just watching real brilliant comedians do their work. Um, I remember one that's one that's real apparent to me is that one of the uh, downfalls to my stage presence when I first started was that I was uncomfortable with silence, so I, I would just be always talking. Right. And it be and it, and if I wasn't, you know, talking, I would be ums and man, that's crazy. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, man, listen. Um. Right. So just to feel airspace because I was uncomfortable with silence. I watched a comic named Vince Morris, and Vince would just just be giving birth to these pregnant pauses bro just just he would he wouldn't say nothing for like it'll be a good <laughs> 11 seconds and this dude still ain't saying nothing like and for some reason the audience would dig it so he would say somebody would do something he would react to somebody in the audience doing something he would just stare at that dude for real then he would move and and, and and then, like he and he, he would just not say nothing, and then I would then say whatever. Like, dude, what's wrong with you? And then the audience burst out laughing. I'm just like, I could never do. I was going to shoot myself in the face because like, I can't. 
let alone go through it, I I can't watch mm. awkwardness. Like I can't watch somebody bomb or not do well. Like I like about if, if, if a comedian's on stage just really just by really? shooting yourself in the face, I gotta I gotta go, I gotta leave. I can't watch that. So I always thought silence was very much uh, uh very much uh, uh hand in hand with with bombing. But once I saw Vince and I started getting comfortable with it, man, when I tell you, I'd be up there and not saying nothing for a lot, depending on the situation. I just sit in that job, right? Not care at all. It's a, it's a good style. Like, I think it builds the tension and, and it builds the, the laughter, you know what I mean? By, by just sitting there's in so it. many different ways to communicate, right? I can, I can do, I can do looks, expression, body language, and, and get a laugh from each one of those things if it's the right situation, right? Right? That's that's good, that's good. So uh, let me let me ask this then. Um, do you have a, a a limit? I would say, like, what, what's your what's your limit? How far are you willing to go for for a laugh and for a joke? Well, I'm I'm true to me, but as long as I'm inside <laughs> myself, I don't have limits. That's probably my my issue. That's probably the problem is because I'm I'll say whatever to people. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, uh, I remember one of the biggest times I got in trouble was I seen this uh, mismatched couples, and mismatched couples <laughs> irked my nerves. Like, cause I'm I'm a dude wow. that I need to know why. Like, I gotta know you why. Disrespectful. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I gotta know. I gotta know why. Like, I need. I like. I can handle any piece of information, man. Like, I, if you tell me, like, I've been through a lot of stuff in my child. Like, I'm. I grew up. I, I can. Any piece of information, any knowledge, any whatever you want to share with me. I can handle it. You're not going to upset me. You're not going to blow my mind. You're not going to make me run. You're not going to scare me away. Any of that. But not knowing <laughs> bothers me to no end. I hate not knowing. And so if I see, if I see some some beautiful woman walk in with a dude <laughs> who looks like he owns a windowless van, like this, like this, just creepy mall monster, like. Like, this, I have to register when I move. Can't be near kids looking, dude. Oh, wow. And it's like, it's like, how did how? you meet? Like, like what, and, what and happened? decided to continue. Like, like, like what happened? <laughs> Why, when were y'all ever in the same room? Yeah. When were y'all ever in the same room? And what did you say to her? Like, like what, ma'am, where's your daddy at? Like, who, so nobody was there to prevent this? Like, who? what happened? But here's, here's the thing about me. I am also extremely tactful. Like, I'm going to say what I mean, but I'm not going to insult you in saying it. So I, I, and I told this dude, I was like, I was like, sir, listen, I don't know who you are. Or, or what you capable of, bro? But you walked in here with somebody you wasn't supposed to walk in here with, and I want to know how that's done. How, your, your girl, is, your girl is at least three points hotter than you. So you are my. You saying all of this on stage, like you are my, you are my new audience. hero. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I just, I just basically, I just basically uh, worship the, the man. Dude Yo, you that ugly, ugly and you, you know that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tell, so, tell me your secrets, fam. That's wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. So if I if I do decide to, you know what I'm saying, venture out there, it's, I think my 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 strength and not even something I practice is just kind of a natural thing, but I have I have a I have a pretty good level of likability. You know what I mean? Like even if I do say something reckless to you, you're not gonna immediately <laughs> like just play you might think about it later and be like, did he just <laughs> <laughs> Did he just politely like, <laughs> he tried it but that like instead of the humble brag stage, uh, Mr. Mike Barrymore mm. Jr. invented the the humble trashing of a person <laughs> so what happened you started by saying like one time you got in trouble so, so what happened in that particular instance <laughs> oh Oh well, uh, um, she she oh. wasn't having it, so I guess she was like, "I'm tired of people calling my man ugly." So she was kind of, oh, she was kind of upset. So then she oh. said something, and that's one oh, thing. That's cardinal no. rule. Please don't yell out crazy at my show because I like it. You know what I mean? Don't don't do that because I like it. The heckling. Right. So I started. 
I started lightening to her, calling her beautiful the whole entire time. I'm like, ma'am, I, I don't know why you think you can't see this dude. I'm not saying that true love doesn't exist past the physical, but you had to go way past the physical. His his physical is a tunnel of darkness that you had to walk through for a long time to get to the shiny parts. I don't know what's good about this dude, but I know it's in him. But don't come oh. look at me like we all can't see this dude. You know what I'm saying? Like so, me and her just went back and forth for a little bit. It was it was it was kind of funny. It was kind of fun, but I made her yeah, mad. Oh like she's God. mad for real. Yeah. So what is what is the best like uh, heckling that you ever received on stage? And have you ever like really really gone back and forth with somebody? Oh, absolutely. There's no that's it's part of the job actually. I mean, I know a lot of comics would just love to go up on stage, press play, do their stuff and bounce, but right. I'm the type of dude where I I'm not that privileged. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't choose my audience, so I have to be able to entertain whoever's sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I ain't on the level yet where people are coming out to see me for my name and whatever I say, they with it because I said it. You know what I mean? So you get you got drunk people who are just belligerent you got real buttholes and then you got people who heckle you because they like you they have had a couple of <laughs> drinks in there yeah bro you're the man bro tell another one bro. like you know what i'm saying they're right. just they're just super belligerent but they it's in a positive way it's the weirdest thing it's it, like in the middle of my punchline completely ruined the joke ha, you're so funny bro i love this man i'm so glad i came uh, i was like you're ruining everything like how are you having a good time it's mute <laughs> so it's very it's to me those are the hardest ones to deal with everybody else because at a certain point when you're dealing with somebody that's screaming out or somebody being belligerent in your audience <laughs> at a certain point everybody gets on the same page the right. audience hates this person just as much as you hate this person so if you can wait because it hit me before it hits them so if i can wait if i can withstand him for a little bit while he gets on their nerves and then clap i'm good because they're on my team so no matter what i say to him it's, it's so right. you can't lose uh uh-uh. Right. But if you but you can, I've seen comics get somebody too early. <laughs> the audience ain't on your side yet, and you about to lit into this dude for no reason, and all they heard him say was something nice about you. So you gotta you gotta give it time and let people hate him. Mm-hmm. And I've seen uh people go too hard at somebody, like Kramer. just just oh. belligerently just like just lose their mind Whoa. on somebody. It's not about like the hood. It's not about nothing. They just lose their like mind. Like you mean like like the hood come out of them or like they they just took to something personal. That, even if I do, they do. <laughs> yeah, like they just like you son of a bull. I can't like they feelings come out. Wow. All types of just lit into this dude. <laughs> Yeah, just not even about <laughs> jokes no more. They ain't about I'm, humor no more. I'm, I'm just cussing the dude out. I'm just, I'm right, picturing right. all this. With I can't stop laughing. I'm just imagining <laughs> the, the expression on the woman's face as he going back and forth with her. That's incredible. <laughs> what, what, who would you say your ma- major <laughs> main influences are in your comedy? Everybody has idols some, to some point, um, but what, who would you say were your your main influences, um, uh, even as a child growing up? Or I think I think most comedians connect with a style of comedy, and then they can see that style in someone, or someone just flat out has that style, so they admire that person. Um, I'm more of a storyteller. I love storytellers. I love people who can just tell a story and just have a bunch of punchlines just within a story they tell it. So I'm, I'm a real big fan of like uh, uh, Bill Burr, uh-huh. uh, Ty Berry, um, Ryan <laughs> Regan. He's so... Uh, Chappelle's good at that. Chappelle will just tell a story. Right. And, uh, re- recently, Chappelle just stopped telling jokes <laughs> really all together. Is. Like he's just... He's just Ted talking his last three shows. Right. He just, he just, and just, it's, he and just it's, smoking a cigarette, and telling people about life and philosophies he's learned over the years. It's great. <laughs> so he, he's 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 getting super super funny, uh, super serious. As it's so funny to watch people because a lot of people don't know how to react to it. They're listening <laughs> like to it like, um, 
should I laugh at this or is he serious? <laughs> the I think the 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 cool thing with, with Chappelle, man, is he's touching on these real topics, bro, and he's not getting canceled is the wrong word, but yeah, uh, ignore it. Like somebody like a Paul Mooney just passed. Um, Paul Mooney was, you know, cast aside. I feel like he wasn't big as big as he should have been um, because of how funny he is. But I feel like Dave Chappelle has kind of like, uh, I guess he's, he's bigger than comedy. It almost feels like at this point, like you can't do nothing with him. Well, it gets to a certain point where the industry needs you more than you need the industry. And that's very rare air um, because you have a voice that's not coming from anywhere else. So you no, you no longer have to cow, uh, cow to to, to uh, or dance to the beat of the industry. You can do. I'm doing my own thing because no matter what I do, people are gonna rock with me. The problem with Paul Mooney was the same thing with you know real funny dudes that didn't make it like uh, Patrice O'Neal or, right. or you, know, mm-hmm. you know people people that was they were the skills were there but they did not bend to the will of the industry like they wouldn't do certain stuff or wouldn't stop doing certain stuff that they were asked to stop doing like patrice patrice there would be no there wouldn't be a craig robertson if patrice was conformant to the business craig robertson got all of patrice's roles even even when patrice was alive you know what i'm saying because craig was a lot more easier to 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 work with you know i'm gonna say nothing's wrong with craig but uh craig robertson but at the same time Patrice is like, nah, I'm not saying that, man. <laughs> Nobody would say that. I'm or that's cor- like, I'm not slipping. You want me to slip and fall on what? Like, you know what I'm saying? So, and Craig didn't mind that. Craig would slip and fall. He would dive through a, you know what I'm saying? Did you have you ever y'all ever seen a Pineapple Express? Long, long time ago. Movie, Pineapple long Express. Time ago. It's a a wee a wee old wee movie. Uh, um, what, what year that came out? I might have with Seth. With That's Seth, like early two thousand. Uh, Seth and um. Oh, okay. So I must. I might have. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw it, but I might have been Franklin. stoned. I might have been so stoned <laughs> that I don't remember right. it. <laughs> but but Patrice before Jesus yeah. wouldn't have did half of the stuff in there. Patrice wouldn't have did half of the stuff Craig Robinson did in that movie. Mm. Patrice wouldn't have did it, and that's the reason why he didn't. He didn't blow up even though he's way more talented way more funny than a craig robinson you know what i'm saying no knock on craig i'm just saying patrice was the way his brain worked was spectacular and the same thing with with chappelle if you realize how much of the chappelle show was not supposed to be on TV. Oh like, my like, god! Think, think back of the think back <laughs> of the special. The stuff Dave had to do to get those clips on air. Uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he was constantly pushing the envelope. <laughs> then when they told him, "Okay, uh, we're gonna give you this more money, but we want this much control over the clips because you can't put these clips up no more." Dave was like, "Nah, I'm good. I, if I can't do it my way, then I don't want to do it." And Dave kind of slipped and fell into this cult ship where he, now he don't need the industry. But I don't think he did it on purpose. But he, you know, he just stayed, st- stood steadfast to his morals and, and said, "I'm, I'm gonna do this the way I want to do it." But guys like that just won't do what the industry say do. Right, right. Yeah, he he messed up the plan. They thought give him half, <laughs> you know, what is it, half a bill? I think they was gonna give him. Um, and he messed up the plan by saying no, going to Africa, you know, disappearing for years. Uh, and then now I'm trying to take the control. From right. Him. Right. Right. And now it's, it's, it's almost like I feel like it's almost like uh, everything that's happening as far as like people going more indie now. And that was just kind of like um, not that that started it, but that was, uh, you know, before it happened, you know, before that, that, his time. I feel like that definitely was a catalyst because you, you see that a lot now especially with the rise and the impact of cancel culture and i think folks just got tired of it it was like oh hell no y'all want to y'all want to maintain all sovereignty over this i'm gonna show you i'm gonna create a create my own lane or tap into a completely different lane and show you how i can operate outside of that we look at that with like a, a joe rogan right or and and podcasting and his relationships with either spotify or youtube i don't know what the what the latest is but he left one place then he signed the multi figure contract with another place and then in a different platform you see the same thing with joe button right joe button joe button like wow but He's a, ge- he's a genius. And I, be, I be looking at Joe. I'm like, Joe, you way too rich to be this angry, bro. You, I, I, I know what you, 
I know what you're making, man. For one advertisement, they give you like thirty thousand for you to just say one sentence about a company, bro. You too rich to be this angry. Why are you so mad? <laughs> you can't let that go, man. Joe, Joe is forever emo. <laughs> He's forever emo. Like you gotta. I used to be a Joe Button fan, man, like crazy. So you know that's in his music. That's what it is. You gotta be. I never. People always said it, but I never noticed his 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 recklessness in his music. I mean, he he was a. a, a um, gangster kind of angrier dude but i never like compared to what the vitriol he be spitting on his podcast i'm like what is who hurt you bro oh he was he was super emotional on his music and his music super (laughs) emotional all his uh relationship issues all there it's all in the music yeah Yeah. i didn't even i mean i wasn't a huge joe button the rapper fan but uh i didn't i didn't see any of that it wasn't until the to the podcast, I'm like, wow, Joe. Oh, Joe. I had to clutch my pearls because I'm like, Joe. Joe. <laughs> what are, what are your feelings, man, of what he did with uh, Rory and Mal? Mal. So I don't know the full story on that. Somebody somebody else had asked me about that. Uh, g- give me the Cliff Note version. Uh, Cliff Note version, it, you know, this is all from my opinion. Uh, it seems like he was in ownership of the you know the ip and uh he basically was like y'all work here you know what i mean you'll get you, you get paid by shares or whatever but y'all don't have no say so as into like final say uh and mm-hmm. honestly it seemed like they wanted more say so more money um and wanted ownership i think that was the issue to me that's what it seems like mm-hmm. to me and what did he do bro he said you could kick rocks <laughs> he yeah. pulled the trunk he said you fired <laughs> You know, tomorrow I don't want, he said I want to smoke with you though. So you ain't fired. But. The, the one thing, the one thing that's hard to get and hard to let go is power. Mm. And if, you know, if people battle, and if, and if somebody, and honestly, I mean, it's it's a rough, rough way to look at it. But if somebody has the power to fire you, then they probably had, they probably was right in that argument <laughs> because they got the power to fire you. So they they right. get a little bit. That's not a 50-50 split. If I can fire you, it's it's at the at the best is 80 20 if i can fire you you it's you right, right 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 if i'm gonna thrive and keep <laughs> so, going so without you you probably so don't have that much leverage i, I think people <laughs> right exactly and you got to and to me the magic is to the magic of 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 entertainment and even maybe even building a business is reality like knowing your worth and then playing the playing the hand you're dealt and then multiplying that instead of trying to be bigger or grow faster than your natural progression that's when you fall because your your, your footing's not right you're going too fast you're doing too much so uh i think comedy is one of those businesses where like i said before comedy will tell you when you're ready to go for a time comedy will tell you when you're ready to move up from a host to a feature from a feature to a headliner um and that power you know comedy reminds you you don't have any i, I need a dude who can sell tickets i need a dude who can put butts in the seats you're funny but he's like two notches less funny but it'll be more people in right. so i'm gonna go with right. him. <laughs> right and then those people that actually purchase a ticket sit in the audience are likely going to purchase some drinks or some food right and that that has a lot to do with venue and the and the spaces that's right? a business. It's business nothing to right. do with that's true that's wow. true because I, I remember going to a uh, i went to a kevin on stage uh show and he's the headliner of course and this is a couple years ago uh in brooklyn and then i had not heard of tony baker before tony baker came on right before kev and slaughtered the night like he was the funniest Tony Baker is a real he was the funniest dude Tony Baker was Tony Baker was a comedian before he popped online that's the difference online didn't make Tony famous online got Tony famous Tony was already smashing crowds before Mm -hmm. that he's a real comic he was killing it he was killing it and I was I was you know it was one of the things where I was like dang like Kev Kev wasn't bombing but it was like yo yo (laughs) that's a bad business Tony was too much it's a quick example, bro. What I mean, what you said is so, so, uh, uh, such a microcosm of what I just said. Because you got to know your role. You cannot get ahead of yourself. If I was an internet dude and I had the name to sell tickets, but I know, like, you got to know you can't do an hour. You can't do 45. Right. You can go up there and talk. But you ha- you've seen comedians before. You know what killing looks like. You know you can't do that. So why would you try to do that? 
why don't you put your name out there, say Kev on stage and friends, you host the show, and then bring some killers and have the Tony Baker close the show or something right. like that. So people still get to see you. They still get to take the pictures with you. They still get to buy the ticket to see you, but they actually get a comedy <laughs> show for real. And you don't have to follow a murderer <laughs> that's going to make you want to jump off something when you get off the stage. Bro, I was like, who is that? Yeah. Yo, Tony yeah. Baker, so, he was he was. Yo, Tony awesome. Baker, it, I think he's been slept off for way too long a time. And if you could... It's kind of like what you described with the storytelling. Like you just like certain people have certain styles of funny, and they could just do certain things that just draw people. And it's not necessarily the funniest thing ever. It's just it's they're drawn to you and your energy, right? Uh, but like simple voiceovers for freaking animals, like it went viral off the right. I'm the one, I'm the one that did like. Uh, it's just hilarious but anyway we're not talking about tony baker right now we're talking about mike paramore jr so what would you what would you <laughs> i'm interested to know what your kind of your game plan or what your perception is of your future so you said for the past five six years you've been able to be fully independent which congratulations that's a huge deal for anybody right. that that has that entrepreneurial spirit like the ability just the ability right and i'm not I'm not the type of person that condemns people that have a full-time job or, or work a nine-to-five or anything like that. That's not the energy that I'm coming with. But there is a relief and there is there is a great sense of accomplishment when you have that option to to let that go and be fully independent. So what is the trajectory for Mike Paramore Jr. from here? Like, what do you see yourself doing beyond comedy? Or, or do you plan on just rocking the stage as long as possible and then maybe going off to do something else? What, what do you think? Well, that, here, here's what's funny, man. I try not, I try not to, uh, to pontificate or 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 project. Just mm. prepare. You know what I mean? Like I want to be ready for whatever is in front of me or whatever's coming. Um, because my idea or my feeling is I've already, I'm already in an uncharted territory I ain't supposed to be in. Like I said, I'm. I'm a quiet dude, back in the room, observation list. I'm not supposed to be in the center of attention, entertaining, you know, hundreds of people at a time. So it's not, it's, I'm already in an unbelievable place where I never would have thought, it's, it's hard <laughs> for me to even fathom, you know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll get little calls from um, AGT or something like that, or Winter Festival or something like that. And it's kind of just surreal moment of, this is crazy. I wonder what this is going to be like. Uh-huh. but. Like I said earlier, it's kind of like just being along for the ride. Um, my whole goal when I started this thing is I just wanted to get to a point where I can support my family and supply a life for my family with comedy uh-huh. money. That was my whole goal. That was my whole um, mindset, motivation. It was, I want to get to a point wherever it leads me, whether it's a sitcom or a TV show or or a podcast that's jumping or you know just being a corporate college and cruise ship comedian that's making six figures a year and don't nobody know my name that's fine i'll do that too as long as i can give supply my family with a good life just by doing comedy telling jokes that's a win and i take it so i'm gonna keep plugging forward i'm gonna keep doing that i'm gonna keep creating keep writing and uh and see where god puts me right so so what do you have coming up man as we uh as we close out what do you have coming up um it's kind of a it's kind of just a slow go man it's kind of just getting uh clubs are starting Mm. to try to open back up it's a lot of uh clubs that are that are opening but they got capacity capacity restraints on them through their cities or whatnot so it'll be like 50 50 percent capacity but i just came back from a little trip um i did zanies in chicago and two spots in indiana um then then i just came from uh harrisburg pennsylvania i'm off this week then i gotta do helium in indianapolis and these are all smaller spots you know what i mean um, I got a couple. The rest of the stuff is up on my website. I got to go to Colorado and I got to go to Sacramento. Um, so it's slow. It's a slow go. It's not uh-huh. as jumping as I would like it to be, but they're slowly coming in, man. It's slowly coming in. And in the meantime, while I have the time, I'm trying to build these social media numbers. Right. So right. I'm hey, just going along there we for the go. Ride, bro. If, if you could work with anybody on 
uh, a particular like if if you could put together a dream team show that you're on the like you on a ballot you on the card for what would it what would that look like <laughs> what's funny though is comedians just kind of want to work with their friends because you only spend an hour on stage the rest of that tour you just clowning <laughs> with your boys in a green room and, a, and in a bus you know what i mean so you want to go with your people so i'm i would i would list a dope show that you would know nobody i was talking about but I do. I am kind of underground. Uh, like I said, Tony Baker is amazing. I would love to work with Tony Baker. And then, of course, the people I listed as my idols and Bill Burr. Bill Burr is a solid dude, a person. Um, I actually met him at Orlando. And uh, long story short, I got played by a booker. And on a show that Bill Burr was supposed to be on, Bill Burr gave me my fee mm. anyway, out of mm. his pocket. So that I wouldn't get sent home because I, I I fed my own bill on the plane, the the, the 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 hotel, everything I paid for, it. and I and I got played on the show by a Booker, and I got bumped, and Bill Burr gave me my fee, what I chose, what they were supposed to pay oh, me, Bill wow. Burr gave me that out of his pocket. Didn't know who I was. Only had a conversation for two seconds. I think we watched a Pittsburgh Steeler game after that. <laughs> wow. but he didn't know me at all. You know what I'm saying? And so he he to me he's a genuine a genuine dude. So. It's a long, it's a long list of, of cats that I would love to work with. Pat, I'm gonna see Pat McGann again. He is fire. Um, just guys I can learn from. I'm really, I'm really uh, um, interested in learning from guys. So I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I feel like I can get something from working with most people. So I'm, I'm excited for the future, man. Dope, dope. Uh, I guess one last question because I'm just kind of interested in that Bill Burr situation. Was this? A situation where somebody, because I've heard where comedians like a huge name will come in and then kick somebody off, like who who's uh, who has a smaller name. No, Bill Burr had nothing to do with it. He didn't. He didn't. He found out about it uh, because I had not got um, got all of my stuff out of the green room mm-hmm. yet, and he was like, it's a, um, I guess somebody. I don't know how he heard about it, but he saw me, and then I guess he asked or whatever." And it's like it's, oh, he wanted the comics because he seemed so. He was in it, man. He was counting. <laughs> and then they kind of told him. Bill Burr didn't have nothing to do with it. It was the promoter of the show. The promoter uh... of the show overbooked it. Uh, and then, and then I guess the person he booked was like his people's. Right. And so I, of course, it's who you know in the business. Ain't about funny. His people's got the gig, and I didn't. His people sucked. <laughs> when I tell you, his people sucked. Hey. He was he. It was like he was like. He was was he just wasn't ready. He tried to put him in a spot where he wasn't ready for. He probably was cheaper uh, to be honest too. Probably he was probably way right. cheaper. Um, so he uh, his boy was cheaper and everything, and he just he just gave him the spot. Wow! So did Jeez. you stay there for the show? Like you stood and, and you, no, oh, okay. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, you know what? You know you're right. I did. No, I did. I did. I stayed for the show because I I, I was there. I bought a plane ticket and a hotel. Where was right. I gonna go? Like right. I was. Right. <laughs> Like I, I was there. It was either stay and watch the show or wander around the city with pain in right. my eyes. Like, <laughs> so, I, so I, yeah, I stayed. I stayed and watched the show. Plus, it was Bill Burr. He's my. He was one of my. Even before that, he was one of my favorite comedians. So, because Bill Burr has been a monster for yeah, for to a stay at least time. for Bill. So even before that, I was looking for. That's the only reason I I got the gig is to work with Bill mm. Burr. So, uh, yeah, I stayed and watched the show, and I'm glad I did. I got to I got to talk about football with Bill Burr for right. a second. Okay. <laughs> Well, Browns fan, right? Gotta be, man. Gotta be. Or my daddy killed me. But yeah. Oh man. Okay. So okay. so we know you a man of faith. <laughs> right. That, that's that's Cleveland tough. Born and raised. That's baby. like being a Knicks fan, man. That's, that's I'm not a Knicks fan. I'm just saying. I, I know plenty of them. Ain't no Knicks fans here. There ain't no Knicks fans here. None of that. <laughs> nah, it's 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 it's, uh, it's been a struggle, but we like it like that. It, it, we won't have it in there. Hey, y'all look good. It's loyal. Y'all look good. It's loyalty. Right, <laughs> loyalty like and faith, like man. So you you mentioned a couple of things. Please mention it here out in the open so that everybody that comes across this video listens to it on the different streaming platforms. Uh, shout out to all of our syndications. Uh, how can people follow you? Is it at Mike Paramore Jr. And what's the website? You mentioned the show you're putting together. Uh, everything. Drop it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, upcoming dates of where what clubs I'm going to be at is on my website, mikeparamore.com. 
Um, both both Instagram and TikTok are at Mike Paramore Jr. That's P-A-R-A-M-O-R-E Paramore Jr. And um, yeah, just follow me, man. I got some good stuff coming up. I got good content. I I, I do a, a rec room show every Tuesday, which is not super, not all the way clean. We get reckless on there a little bit. But then I do my show on Dry Bar, which is 100% clean. Come and find out about your relationship life, see where you stand in your life, uh, improve your life a little bit. Um, and then uh, I post. I post on uh, you know, Instagram and TikTok, so come hang out with me. There we go. And just so you folks learn, I'm going to hit that follow right I'll now. See you. <laughs> hit that follow right now. That's funny. Yeah, you about to, you, you're just about to crack 4,000 on there. You right there. Yeah, I've been on there for Hey, that's now. what's up. Oh, but you got Kill over 16,000 likes already. So, folks is consuming content. We just got to get them to hit that ad button. That's dope. I, and I wish I knew how to moment. I'm going to try to try to finagle it to where it keeps growing, but that's the part that I suck at, man. I don't know what to do with all that momentum. There's people who have made careers off of recording one dry bar special because they knew how to, they know they're not their famous doing club you know not famous but they're they're out working consistently based off of that one dry bar special and me i got like they put out all my clips i probably total got about 15 16 17 almost 20 million views on all the clips across the board mm. and i don't i don't know what to do with <laughs> hey just scale them suckers to the different platforms i think you're doing great um right now like tiktok algorithm your first uh five videos is what determines the rise or fall of your tiktok account and what's right. unique to tiktok um and not to it so this is coming from a social media marketing management agency perspective i'm actually certified in that but um when it comes to tiktok um despite every other platform you could just start another account and start from scratch that's actually how people have been doing a b uh, comparisons so if somebody goes viral and then they start they hit a dry point or whatever um the a good test is to repost the same you know first five videos that you posted at first that got you viral and then kind of do an a b comparison of okay now i know what kind of content wasn't hitting or it was it the lack of consistency was the time you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so um Hey, you you doing you doing good, bro? <laughs> yeah, I need all that info. And my dude told me because I, I I guess on Spotify the, he talked me into a, he talked me into doing a podcast because I really didn't want to do one. Uh, but he was like, "Yeah, you got you realize you got uh, three thousand monthly views on Spotify." I'm like, "I'm not on Spotify. What's on Spotify?" It's like your album is available on Spotify. You got three thousand people who listen to it a, a month. Like, that's crazy like that, 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 that don't make no sense seems like you need to you need to give them right. something you need to give them something you need to put out something so they can keep coming back that album been out for you know five years you need to give them something and I was like okay which what I gotta give them I ain't got no money on me what you want me to give it's like you gotta do a podcast I'm like, All right, there we well, go and, and, and so now I'm trying to figure that whole hey, world out I mean we could talk to you definitely offline about that we definitely got some resources um, we got platforms like this if you want to make it a video if you want to do it straight audio we got some resources for you I was laughing on the side because this last joint you posted this is when you too old for Facebook <laughs> I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to check that after, right after this, because I know way too many folks that don't need to be on Facebook. Shoot, I feel like I'm too old for Facebook sometimes. But chill, bro, chill. <laughs> they gonna tell us we too old for TikTok, I, so chill. Right. <laughs> Screw the millennials. No, I'm just kidding. Gen Z. Long, long as y'all do nothing. Do the dances. The dances, right? You ain't checking my page, Please. did you? Yeah. You ain't checking my page. No, I'm just kidding. I, I ain't on there doing no foolery. I'm so mad, bro. I got. I, I just got on TikTok, but I, I'll be looking back, and it's some stuff I would have killed. I'd have loved to do that little silhouette challenge. Oh, I'd mean, be kind of fake in the dark, bro. I'm telling you, I'd have definitely did that. One. Uh, no. No, what am I seeing this joint? You'd be mad at your for you page. Mike I got on silhouette challenge. I got holy it. smoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, we want we want to thank everybody who's been listening. Um, Mike, thank you for yes. your time, bro. Uh, this has been awesome, man. Um, my so face hurt. For everybody who's listening, <laughs> all those who are watching, uh, we thank y'all for, for rocking with us. This is the Missing Link Podcast. Myself, DJ Lost and Found, and my boy, Prophet Link, right here. 
We check y'all next time. Peace. This was a part of the plan. Yeah. Whoa. When it was part of the plan. Yeah. Picky shot. Picky shot. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Look at my eyes. I'm serious. Working so hard. I'm delirious. Bringing that pressure. I'm furious. Bringing that pressure. I'm furious. Look at this scope, but let's run it up. Look at the heat, let's turn it up. Look at these W's stacking up. Look at the W's racking up. Please, please tell my ops that I'm on my way. You cannot stop me, get on my way. Bringing that magic like hard away. I do this, I do this every day. Bringing the tits like I'm MJ. Team and knock you off like a toupee. Got so many flavors like I'm Kool-Aid. Give me the trophy like underlay. This was a part of the plan. Yeah. Whoa. When it was part of the plan. Yeah. Picky shot. Picky shot. Yeah. Dominique with the highlights, MJ in the sky fly. Braun Braun, get the biz right, got the check on me, get my Nike right. Big things, got big rings, wear the bands with my hand down. Two step, going J hard in the paint, homie, on play round. Eight town, we don't play dumb. Carry the hawk and the Trey Young. That was back when we was pulling up, but God got me, I'm full enough. Hopping on since 9-3, God save me, I stay clean. Ducking the ops on the IG, won't net me, I ain't KD. This was a part of the plan. Yeah, whoa, when it was part of the plan, yeah, picky shot, picky shot.